you guys could turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. I believe that God has already spoken to us through tongues interpretation, through many different people ministering in this house, and it's all lining up with exactly what the Lord has given me to preach before you guys today. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, I'll try not to be too long here. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature pursuing spiritual perfection should have this attitude. And if in any respect you have a different attitude, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us stay true to what we have already attained. Press toward the goal to win the heavenly prize. Man, if you could just lift your hands, close your Bibles and pray right now. Oh God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place today. I thank you for what you've already spoken. We are all open to you, God, for what you want to do in this place. I pray that you would speak to our ears and let our hearts and minds be open 100% to you. Let no distractions come in the way, God. We want to hear you and what you want to do in this place today. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. If you could clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. So I was kind of battling how to start this, but I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to speak to you. We came up here all praising God, high energy, but I feel like God wants me to speak this to you just for a little bit. What comes to your mind when I say the word regret? Oh, why, why are you saying that to me? We just, we're all praising God and now you're bringing us down. Well, let's take care of it. What is, what comes to my, to your mind when I say the word regret? Is it past mistakes, failures, maybe a loved one you wish you could have talked to more, decisions that you wish you could have not done or that you could have done. All these regrets can get to our minds and bound us down to where we feel as though we can't move forward. We feel like we're just so bound by these regrets. They get to our mind, they trap our mind, and our self begins to make us think that we can't move forward. But I've come here to tell somebody today that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. When you give all your regrets to him, he already died on the cross for us and paid the sacrifice for each and every one of our sins. We must move past those regrets because he is such a gracious and merciful God. Hallelujah. Yes, there's many things that we could have done better or differently, but all that's in the past now. And now we just must focus on Jesus Christ, what he wants us to do. Focus on who you are now and where you're at with Jesus Christ and keep on walking forward in him. If you think about it, a marathon runner, they don't look behind them. They look forward because they're trying to walk towards the goal, to the prize, whatever it is. that They might get a trophy. They might get whatever money, but they're looking towards the finish line. If they look back, I've seen a whole bunch of videos where people look back and then someone passes them and they just lost. They, they get all excited thinking that they're going to win and they're have their hands in the air like, woo, bring it up crowd. And then someone passes them and they get second or third or even everyone passes them. They strip and fall because they look behind them. We must look forward to the things of God, to what he wants for each and every one of our lives. If you're constantly looking back all of the time, dwelling on past mistakes, bitterness and negativity is what is going to come out of you. 
the people that you come into contact with, that, you, that are your friends, that you speak to, bitterness will just radiate out of you. If you keep holding on to these regrets, these past mistakes and failures, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. You can't move forward. In the Bible, there is a woman who we know as Lot's wife. It doesn't say her name according to my knowledge, but it says Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt because she looked back at her city in the story. So Lot and his family lived in the city of Sodom with the city being greatly wicked in the eyes of God. God was going to destroy it, and he sent two angels to get Lot out of the city. They told him in Genesis chapter 19, verse 17, So it came to pass when they brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. You can't look behind you or you will be destroyed. The word looked in Genesis 19.26 means to look intently at, to regard with pleasure. Lot's wife didn't just glance back, just a, a quick glance to make sure that her, her daughters were there or her husband. But it says that she intently looked at, regarded with pleasure, had a longing for that city, that wicked city. Looking back can straight up destroy us, just like it did Lot's wife. If we keep looking back, thinking back to past sins, thinking about the mistakes as we continue our walk with God, we're going to, if we keep thinking back to past sins, it may make us return to those sins. We don't have time to worry about all these past things. God has forgiven you. If you give it all to him, he will cleanse you and let you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, I do agree that we must learn from our past mistakes and failures. We don't want to do it again. We don't want to think about it so much either that we fall back into it. But we don't want to, we don't, we want to learn from it, yes, but we must place our trust in God and not in the past. Don't let your mistakes define you how far God will take you because God used so many people in the Bible. He's using so many people in this very building right now that our past are just so ugly, so messy, but God has came and and delivered us from all of that. There's a man in the Bible named Jacob. Jacob is a perfect example of a man who messed up so many times with having nothing to turn to but God. He messed up so bad. His past was filled with stealing his brother Esau's birthright. That means the inheritance of leadership of the family and judicial authority of the father. And he deceived their dad into giving him the blessing over his brother. So he already has his brother that wants to kill him because his brother was so mad and had hatred in his heart. Jacob just kept messing up. So Jacob, he ended up running away to his uncle's house. After years, Jacob was going to return home, but he had to pass through his brother Esau to get to home. God had blessed Jacob tremendously, but he still feared his, feared his brother after all the past mistakes. He never let fully go of it and forgave. And he didn't know if his brother forgave it. He just let it eat at him and it was in his mind for days and days and years Jacob decided to pray because God can do anything in our lives even when it seems impossible even if it seems as though your past is not able to be moved away from because of the weight of how great it is Genesis chapter 32 and verse 9 Jacob said oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac the Lord who said to me Return to your country and to your people, and I will make you prosper. God spoke, and Jacob says, I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and compassion of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. 
Only with my staff long ago, I crossed over this Jordan, and now I've become blessed and increased into these two groups of people. So God had been with Jacob. God had greatly blessed Jacob and multiplied him. And he says, save me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. And you, Lord, said, Jacob reminds, I will certainly make you prosper and make your descendants as numerous as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be counted. So after running from his past for so long, he had to face it. And Jacob, he ends up wrestling with God, was blessed by him, and then went to meet his brother. Everything being good between them because he decided to pray and to trust in God. He had to get through his past, through his self. See, our self can be the greatest thing in our lives that hinders us from moving forward in God, that hinders us from following the word of God, that hinders us from what God has spoken to you. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. That God has spoken to you to do. And I've, I've, I wasn't sure if I was going to say this, and Pastor, you can correct me if I'm, if I'm going too far in this, but I feel like there is people in this house, and there is people that are watching online, that God has called you into the ministry, but you have been running from that calling, that God has called you to do a work for him into the fivefold ministry, even to preach the gospel, but you have just become content and comfortable and battling yourself. You feel like you're not worthy of being used of God in that area, that you're not good enough for God. But I've come here to tell somebody today that it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter the mistakes. God has chosen you. So today, let's make up in our minds that we're going to walk after it. We're going to walk in it and let God, he gets the increase through it all. It's not about us. Jesus. Trusting in God means getting ourselves out of the way. Our flesh will always do what it wants unless we put it under submission controlling our own actions. We can even fall into sin by the same habits again and again until we become tired of it and shift our mind away from that. It's literally a mind shift of, nope, I'm not going to that anymore. We don't even know the day or the hour when God is going to come back for his church or when we may lose our life. There was a man who, he had been taught a Bible study. He knew that he must follow the word of God and be born again of water and of spirit, turn away from all the wickedness of his life. But he dealt with his self. He was comfortable doing the things of his past. He just got out of prison, was on work release. He was clean for so long, and then he fell into sin and temptation, and then he died in a motorcycle accident. And that was it. Just because he didn't make up in his mind, he dealt with his self. And there was another man who was also free from all of that. He, he kept himself clean for so long, and then he overdosed on heroin and died because he just wanted a little bit of fun. He said, oh, I've been clean. I'm able to get out of work release now. I'm able to be in freedom, and then he did what he wanted to do and fell back into the same stuff and then died. He didn't get, neither of these two men didn't get a chance to make up in their minds to, they, they did get a chance, but they didn't make up in their minds before it was too late that I just want to serve God. All the stuff of this world, it doesn't even matter. All the stuff that you deal with with yourself, we have got to crucify our flesh, our self, our own way of thinking. And we have got to just simply us and Jesus. All the stuff of this world doesn't even matter because we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus will come back. The Bible says like a thief into the night. He'll just come. People will be about their own business, doing their own things. And then boom, he's there. It's too late. Whatever you just did, it's, you can't go back. 
We can't go back. So today is the day for us to make up in our minds that we're going to serve Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm not going to go back to my past or let it define me, but I'm going to walk in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Is it worth it to stay in, stay in sin for another week, another year? Not at all. Just because you were raised in church and you didn't get to experience all these so-called pleasures of this world doesn't mean that you have to go and walk back into it, walk into it just like your friends. Yeah, that's what they portray on movies and TV. If you're filling your mind with all that stuff, we got to cut it out because it looks so good on there. It's, it can, oh, they have the parties and the movies and stuff, and oh, it looks so good. They're all just actors and actresses, and deep down inside, they're feeling terrible. They're feeling miserable, and all that stuff is fake anyways. So why fall into sin of this world? Is it because you have fallen away from your walk with God? All these movies of this world, the really lifestyle, but it's not fun to just do it for a season. And then, just like those two men, they, they wanted to do it for a little season. They're like, ah, maybe I can get away with another, another shot of heroin, another, another drug, another thing. And then their life's over. It's done. They can't go back now. It's just them and God on judgment day. It's over. It's finished. It's not worth it. Jesus 100% accepts us back when we come to him. And so does this whole entire church body. Nobody will make you feel condemned. God welcomes you back with his loving, open arms, and so does the rest of the church body. So it's, oh, it's okay. It's all right to walk back to Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 17 and verse 28, it says, it was the same as it was in the days of Lot. People were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling. They were planting, they were building, carrying on business as usual without regard for their sins. But on the very day that Lot left Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone or burning sulfur from heaven and destroyed them all without regard for their sins. They were just living life, just having fun, doing what pleased them, what pleased their self and not the things of God. And it destroyed them all. And the Bible says it will be just the same on that day that the Son of Man is revealed. And on that day, whoever is on the housetop with his belongings in the house must not come down and go inside to take them out. And likewise, whoever is in the field must not turn back. Remember what happened to Lot's wife when she looked back. Whoever seeks to save his life will eventually lose it through death. And whoever loses his life in this world will keep it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. So what does that last scripture mean? It means if you live your life to preserve it, seeking to worship yourself, the things of this world, only pleasing yourself, you will lose it with the end result being straight up hell. That's what the word of God's saying. I'm just trying to be the servant. This doesn't have to be the end, but is what will happen if we seek to only please ourselves. If that's your mindset, to just do what makes Joseph happy, to what I want to do, you're just going to fall into sin and then temptation, boom, 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 boom. It just all just keeps flowing. And with the end result being eternal damnation. I want to go to heaven one day, don't you? I don't want to be so stuck in my own mind, my own thinking, that I'm not willing to let it all go to God. But if we seek to please Jesus Christ, we're going to be rewarded with eternal, eternity in heaven. 
That's what I want, to do the will of the Father and to seek him as the bride of Christ. The Bible speaks of a man named Gideon who came from a very poor family, him being the lowest in his father's lot, in his father's house. But God did an amazing work through him. But it didn't come as easy as Gideon's flesh or own way of thinking was in the way. So Judges chapter 6 tells us that an angel of the Lord came to Gideon, telling him that the Lord is with him. God questions, Gideon questions God in verse 13. It says, but Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? He was questioning God. Why is all this stuff happening to us? And where are all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have not I sent you? But Gideon said to him, please, Lord, how am I to rescue Israel? Behold, my family is the least significant in Manasseh, and I am the youngest, the smallest in my father's house. And the Lord answered him, I will certainly be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites as if they were only one man. Gideon replied to him, if I have found any favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speaks with me. So Gideon was battling with himself, with his own way of thinking. Because with God, we know that the word says nothing is impossible through him. Nothing is impossible in the Lord. So Gideon was battling with his own mind. He prepared an extravagant meal of unleavened bread and goat meat. This accounted for enough food to feed a man for one whole day. Gideon laid the food upon a rock and the angel of the Lord made fire come out of the rock, completely consuming this food. So this sign would have been enough for me. If I seen that, I made an offering to God, gave, him, gave food, and boom, fire came up from heaven and consumed it. I would have been like, okay, God, this is 100% you. I'm going to walk in it, and this is, this is it. But Gideon, he, he still dealt with his self. He didn't completely crucify the flesh, his own way of thinking. Judges chapter 6, verse 36, so Gideon said to God, if you will save, here he is again, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor, and if there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, and it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Like, man, this is God answering his prayer. Hey, it's God, it's God again. This is my will for you. Then Gideon said, God, do not be angry with me. Here his flesh the third time. <laughs> God did an amazing work through him as the story goes on. But this is the third time here. Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on the ground let there be dew. Let it be wet on the ground. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew all on the ground. So imagine if we simply obeyed God the first time. If we heard from God the first time, we wouldn't have to go through all this that Gideon had to go through and more and more time keeps going to pass. If we just obey God the first time, if we, we don't doubt God and his voice, and when he speaks to us, we listen to it. I know it can be challenging because our flesh gets in the way. Our self, our own way of thinking can always get in the way. Unless we have great faith in God, trust in him, he will make a way in each and every one of our lives. God had much patience with Gideon as Gideon's faith, faith was built up greatly. The army, their army of 22,000 was lessened to only 
300 people, and they were going up against the Midianites, the opposing people. And this army was an army. The Midianites had 120,000. So they were already going to have 22,000 of their people go up against 120,000 of the army. And God said, no, I get all the glory through this. And made them have an army of 300. And God got all the glory through it. They, they won the battle because they got, had to get themselves out of the way and say, you know what? I'm going to trust in God. And God took it a step further. I'm going to expand your mind even more. Let your faith levels arise in this house. When we lose focus, we'll continue to please our flesh, gaining nothing but getting further away from God. We must, every single person in this place must remain focused on Jesus. We must make up in our mind that we're never going to go back to the way that our lives used to be, the way that our past used to be, but we must have a complete mind shift. If we keep our mind the same about, let's say, our job, it's always going to be the same. But if you change your mind about a job, then it, you can make it even better. Just for, for personal example, personal reference, I, I was working a job, and it was always negativity in that place. And I tried to stay positive, but then I let it get to me. And it was making my days bad. But when I said, God, I repent, these people need to see the light of God within me, the light of God within you at your workplaces, at your schools. And I was obedient to the voice of God. He began to make everything right again, make everything good to where people, they want to be around you because of your positivity. Because negativity will just result in bitterness within you. So why, why, do, we, why do we do with it? Because of ourselves. We got to get ourselves out of the way, guys. Today is the day to get ourselves out of the way and to focus on Jesus, to be renewed, have a renewed mind in this place. We don't even have time to think about it. If we just keep thinking about our past, it's going to keep on eating away at us. It's just going to stay there. We're going to stay in the same spot. You're never going to move forward if you just keep looking back. And I dealt with this for a long time, too. Being raised in church myself, I dealt with mistakes that I made, the past I make. Oh, what are people going to think? All this stuff. And it just weighed me down. But when I, when I released it all to God, I said, God, I'm not going to go by my own thinking anymore. I've turned from my wicked ways of sin of this world, and I've given it all to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will come and move in each and every one of your lives, and you'll be completely changed. Today doesn't have to be the last day that you just... You just keep on, keep on going. Today is the last day of all that nonsense of your life because we can all come to this altar today and we can give it all to Jesus Christ and he'll change our minds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's up to us. It's up to each and every one of us in this place today. I can't make the decision for you. Only you can make it for yourself. But I'll tell you something, is when you make up that decision to let God change your mind, your way of thinking, your life is just so much better because you're walking in freedom. You have no weights holding you, no bondage, no sin of this rule, none of that stuff. Simply Jesus working through you. Music, if you could come up. I told you I wouldn't try not to be too long here. I want to read another scripture here. John chapter 12 and verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall unto the ground, into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. 
Does that make sense? I'll say it again. Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. So what is that scripture meaning? If, if we, this is what, what revelation came to my mind, if we die to ourselves, we're going to bring forth much fruit, God getting all the glory through it. But if we just simply die in our own way of thinking, nothing. We're just simply just a seed that falls to the ground. Nothing. But if we die to ourself, getting our flesh out of the way, completely out of the way, because our flesh can be so powerful in our lives, more powerful than, than anything, even the enemy himself. So we have got to completely God, I'm not going to, not my, my not my way, not my thinking, but I'm going to let you come inside of me, dwell inside of me and change my mind because I'm not going to get anywhere in life if I just stay in my own way of thinking, if I just stay in what I want to do all the time and please myself, all the fun of this, guys, all the fun of this world's going to just fade away. God's coming back so very soon. He's coming back for his church, and I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of his church. I want to make sure that my life is right with God and that I'm going to go to heaven one day.